Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Red Zone Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Barrett, and I'm joined again by Mike and Kyle. You guys ready to talk about football for a second week in a row? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, so it's been a little bit of a time since last time we talked. Uh, I had a baby, and it's been a busy, busy test, test like 10 days, so it's been good, but it's been busy. Uh, let's start off by, we'll talk about um, our studs and duds from the past two weeks. Then we'll go on to some Super Bowl predictions. And then we'll end off with a bold prediction by all three of us to end off the podcast, okay? Let's start off with uh, our studs and duds from week one. Mike, why don't you tell us a stud from the week one that you want to tell us about? Uh, so yeah, my stud from week one, if I had to pick one, is Tom Brady. I mean, the dude is just defying age at this point. Um, I think I picked him up as like a QB2 in one of my legs in a super flex. And when your QB2 gets you like 42 points on the first week, it just feels so good. And his bromance with his tight end, the Gronk, is just off the charts. Oh, yeah, that was a fun game to watch too. That very first game against the against the Cowboys. That was one hell of a way to start off an NFL season. That's for sure. Especially uh, what uh, what did you pay from ADP wise? Would you say across the board? I think he was going collectively in like the eighth round. Is where I've seen him at. Yeah, that's kind of nice when you get a quarterback that produces that level, and you end up spending eighth round pick for him. He went. To, he was probably one of the last main quarterbacks to go off the boards. In mm. most drafts, so. him and Tannehill were going around that same range. That's definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Brady was definitely a good buy uh, this year. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a really good, really good first, you know, stud of the week. What about you, Kyle? What's your stud of week one? Uh, week one and two. Um, like we talked about in the first podcast, Cooper Cup came through for me. Um, we did see that uh, allocation uh, as far as volume to him. He performed, and going forward, he plays Tampa Bay this week. I think it's going to be a shootout week, or it's at least going to have to be. Going off of what Mike said, Tom Brady, he's just uh, he is the goat. Um, so it's going to be one hell of a game. But uh, I guess enough about Cup. Um, we're going back to Mike Williams. Uh, big week against the Chiefs. Last week he performed. Uh, we kind of went into the season with the Chargers knowing that they're going to need a another deep threat. Um, I know, Barrett, you talked highly of Mike Williams for the longest time. I was a believer. Um, you, were, you were a believer since day one. Well, my friend, this is where we uh, we get the payout. So I week uh, this week I'm all in on Mike Williams uh, going forward. Probably he's going to provide decent numbers. I wouldn't say top 20, um, but he's definitely hanging around that top 20, like probably 17 to 23 range, I would say, for top well, wide receivers at the end of the year. Um, but other than that, that's all I got for studs. What was that? Um, Mike Williams is really rare because he actually broke 1,000 yards his second year in the league, and he had 10 touchdowns his first year in the league. So he's he, he can actually be a, a freak of nature, like top oh. 17 guy if you oh, let yeah. him do it so well, I like that one. trying to trying to be conservative but uh how many do you think he's gonna get that red zone threat uh oh yeah uh, he's the ex- started up again oh yeah i think he's the ex-receiver now in this mm-hmm. 
like he's actually lined up how he's supposed to, not just be a long guy. And it's working well, really, really, really well for him. I actually you know do. Say about that, Mike. Oh, what are you saying, Kyle? I'm sorry. Didn't oh, uh, I'll go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say I'm not too familiar with Mike Williams. Um, I mean, based off those stats, yeah, I think it's just a matter of being the guy. Like, a, that's a weird thing to say for football, but like, if you're not the main dealing with the quarterback or the offensive coordinator, like if if you're not, you know, in the good graces, you're not going to do well. I guess um, playing devil's advocate, I can feel that. Um, you know, Keenan Allen was always the main threat and always will be the threat. Um, but going forward, you know, young quarterback, I think they can make a few changes. But uh, Mike Williams is kind of a unique specimen. He's, uh, you know, he does have some fault. I've seen him drop some balls here and there. Um, he's not the quickest off the bat. I mean, he's pretty tall wide receiver, which is fun to play. Um, not the best route runner, but he's he's all right, middle of the road. But yeah, if you're not the guy and you don't get scripted into the gameplay, like Mike said, I I can see how that's going to be a problem. He was a, a top five draft pick when he came out in college out of Clemson. So oh yeah, I've I've you know he I think he's great. And but you know to think of what you're going to pay for him in the draft or oh, like going forward, like if you need to use him as a wide receiver three in some weeks, I think he'll pan out. I have more of the flex, but, uh, you know, if he's uh, on your bench and you need somebody, he's, I think, going to every week provide something for you. Yeah, that's a good, good take. I like that. Um, I'll talk about my, my stud for the week one. My stud was Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper caught 13 receptions for 139 yards and two touchdowns on the very first night. And, oh, my God, he was electric. And I was so glad I had him on my Dynasty Junior team. Like he, he was legend. He was awesome, just awesome. Um, he did get injured the second yeah. game, though. Sadly, um, wait and see. It's it's for his ribs, though. It's not a. I'm not worried about that. I am. Like I, I have him. I have to, and I have him going against you this week in Dynasty Junior. Which, oh man, Mike, I think you're gonna win on that one. I, I have you definitely winning that one. <laughs> I don't know, like. He might be bad for a week or two, but like long term for the season, I'm not worried, especially in that high caliber of an offense. Well, so I'm doing it, Amari Cooper. I actually talked to the CEH owner in Dynasty Junior. If I try and trade Amari Cooper for CEH straight up, what would you guys think of that? Hell no. Oh, that's that's interesting. Well, you know, my segment was going to be why to sell CEH. But, uh, you know, for what you would pay right now for CH, if he does go off, it might be worth it. But I don't know. I might have to wave on the gamble. It's a gamble question. Yeah. (laughs) When did the Chiefs ever actually need to run the ball? Um, It's been a while. I mean, honestly, I I see the need. Patrick Mahomes freshman year in the NFL. That was the only time there's been a notable rookie running back or a notable running back in general on that team since Mahomes has been well, there. Oh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was when Mahomes was, you know, a rookie. Since then, there's been no one of note that's done well. And, like, look at their wide receivers and their tight end yeah. and the quarterback. All they need him to do is not foam the ball. He did. He did. Yeah. That was his first fumble in, in regular season and in college. He had never fumbled before. 
I, I'm not saying it's a pattern. I'm just saying like there's not a huge row of confidence for your one job is to not give up the ball because we don't ask you to do anything and you didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I go ahead, uh, Barrett. Only reason I'm trying to buy him right now is because I still think he can get to that 190 rushing attempts and at least 50 receptions if he plays a full six or 17 games, though. Yeah, I'm, and with, maybe eventually, but it's it's a really you're playing super long game right there. And Amari Cooper is still only 27 years yeah. old, which is pretty young for a wide he's receiver. He's making so much money. Like, I don't think he's going to be on the team next season. Who cares? He'll be a wide receiver one on some other team. Uh, I don't know about that, man. I don't know if he's going to go with anybody else. With that. That's who's going to have the money to buy him? Now? Oh, a bunch of teams. Oh, dude, there's tons of teams. <laughs> Hello, Jaguars. Hello, Texans. Like, He's, he's good. I like yeah. Amari. Okay, but if he goes, okay, those two teams, who is seriously going to compete for a wide receiver one against him? With their current cast, they'll, they'll, they'll probably bring us up to another thing later on about the Jaguars receivers. I think DJ Shark could be the number one at the end of the year. At this, oh yeah, this rate. I think honestly, the only reason Amari is kind of lucrative in this situation. Last week we saw that M- Michael Gallup went out, did he not? Yeah, and pretty much it's Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. Thing. So there's plenty of share. We saw even some passes to the tight end, and you know. That team still is kind of looking like it, like you know, Dak was gone for a year. Let's be real; they're kind of a little bit shaky. I think Dallas has a lot of potential and will be a powerhouse late season. But uh, after this season, with after Michael Gallup comes back, I I don't know. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him. Amari Cooper is expensive to have. He's definitely not as fast as he used to be. He's a pretty good route runner, but other than that, like he. I think he could be easily replaced. Um, he does not have the certain finesse like that I've seen with some um, other yeah. wide receivers like uh, like T. Higgins. I like T. Higgins a lot, or uh, um, some of these other young. Yeah. Just the footwork, like Justin Jefferson. I mean, obviously he's like, stupidly mm-hmm. expensive, but he knows how to play the game. He knows coverage very well. You know, some of the small things yeah. make the and difference. My problem isn't with. My problem isn't selling with Amari. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am looking to move Amari and yeah, my, I think uh, you mentioned that Supreme too. Beards League, but uh, my problem is just the the price. Like I would sooner target a more guaranteed volume back that's having a down week, like uh, Gibson. Maybe like try and target Najee Harris. Why are they currently um, Damian Harris? Oh he, no, Damian Harris. No. Oh, I'll take that heart in a heartbeat. Damian Harris versus CEA. Yeah. But the thing is, is like if you look at how ugly the Steelers' offense is, like owners look at that as kind of like, oh, I got this rookie and ugly offense. I kind of want to take something guaranteed. Like people will bite that. I don't know if it'll happen in Supreme Beards, but in like more or pedestrian. Are we talking about Najee? Are we talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah, I'll take I'll trade for Najee. But I'm talking about like Damian Harris. I would like I'll take Ceh over Damian Harris in a heartbeat. Isn't that who you said before? It was Damian Harris? Yeah, I, I would put both of those rookie running backs on the same level of interest. Oh, dang. Okay. I'm more towards the CEH, so I'm, I'll am i gladly do a water bet with you, Mike, on that. The CEH versus Damian Harris. Oh, you yeah. down? Okay. I like okay. that. I, I thought I was a hater of CEH, but no. And oh, I'm the older. Yeah, yeah, dude. You're the, okay. 
Oh, all right, well, that was interesting. That 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 took, kind of took a weird tangent, but it was it was a good good little segment there. I like that. Uh, let's talk about some duds that happened week one. Uh, Kyle, why don't you start with your dud for week one? Well, we just spent some time on Ceh. I mean, the owner of Ceh, he's been a dud week one and two. It's been pretty. Okay, big so that's the, the, yeah, we just went okay. All <laughs> right, Mike, Mike, let's just go to your your dud. Uh, we can do like the whole Phoenix metaphor and start with Derrick Henry being absolute poop for the first week and then turning out like a fifty banger in the second week. I mean, did you watch that game that that week two game? Oh, he was such a monster in week two. Oh, Just you were in sixty yards. And yeah, no so touchdown sixty yard out. Like, yeah, you know, to, to the listeners of the podcast, I apologize for not getting this out last week because two players you should have heavily, heavily targeted after week one are Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones because you have people spending top five picks on those running backs who just watch them cost them their first week in the game or their first week in their super tilting. That would have been an awesome week to buy either one of these players. Not going to happen going into week three oh, now. No. The window's closed. You know, for, for, yeah, the window's closed. But, you know, if you ever see a situation like that, open a season uh, where players that are just awesome just fall on their face, buy them, please. Please buy them. <laughs> well, now, would you be trying <laughs> because to Because they will almost always come Would back. you try and buy Saquon Barkley right now? He'd be the exception because it looks like the running game is not going through him. Like, if you look at the the workload that was going to the running game on both of those teams, the Packers and the Titans in week one, they were both still going through Henry and Aaron Jones. Um, whereas if you look at Saquon Barkley, I mean, the running game is going through Danny Dimes. Uh, let, let's just be real. Like, there, we're going to hand the ball to Saquon. We're going to hand the ball to Saquon and Danny Dimes for 40 yards. Like, it makes no sense. He showed out, too. I don't know. Like, that was the best Danny Dimes game I've ever seen last Thursday. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah, right now, Saquon, I, I kind of actually have him uh, as a bounce back week. Um, we'll kind of see on the shares that he gets. I think the next few weeks, he's still going to get a limited count. But going forward, I think he's going to... Uh, be getting a lot more volume, probably close to that 15 to 20. Uh, I would say by like week five, something like that, you're going to start to see him full. And, and it kind of makes sense if you're thinking about your team. Uh, why would you let your main piece that you spent up and got, you know, re tear his ACL? Why don't you take it slow? D- you know, Danny Dimes is probably getting the job done, and I think he will continue to get the job done. But I think right now he is going to be the piece that I think they might start pushing a little bit more for a little bit so that Saquon can get full health by midseason so they can actually try to make a push. Because right now the Giants have multiple problems. Um, but, you know, in the longest time they actually impressed me. Daniel Jones was actually throwing the ball pretty decent. Uh, Sterling Shepard became a threat. Wow, that was something to say. And then um, as far as Slayton, you know, he holds some potential to pick up and put him on your bench. Uh, if he doesn't drop at all. Yeah, but yeah, that and he, like when he's getting the ball, like him running out of bounds ain't helping nobody. Like he needs to, he, he, he doesn't know what he's doing, I don't think quite yet. Is, and, now, is Kenny Galladay count as a dud? So I, 
I, I would say so. Right now, I dropped him in most leagues, trying to build other, uh, you know, build depth. I picked up Hunter uh, Renfro. Um, I also picked up uh, Cordell Patterson with a pick like that. Only, um, I just felt only problem with. No, I was Sorry. just saying, like with the Giants, there's not much value I want to have, and like, yeah, of course, right now Saquon is on your uh, worry bench for me, and. I got to play through it because I spent money for him. Um, you know, you just got to have faith that he's going to bounce back. But yeah, it's at this point, it is a worry. I'll see. I'm on the worry we'll, jury. We'll, we'll see him. We'll see you if Saquon bounces back or not. Yeah. What were you saying before, Mike? Uh, the only thing, reason I wouldn't call uh, Galladay a dud is just because I am not really expecting anything of him because uh, I don't expect there to be a very good passing game in this offense at all. Um, it's not like in the past where you've had bad quarterbacks provide uh, good fantasy wide receivers with like AJ Green in his early years with Andy Dalton. Ooh. Um, Andy Dalton was a better passer than Dan Dimes currently is. Very true. Very um, true. People, uh, he's underrated. Like he did pretty decent for seven years. Yeah, and like you know, I mean, not to say that Daniel Jones can't be a quarterback. It's just that like. He is like a hundred percent a home runner interception kind of guy. Like you're going to get one or the other. Um, you're either going to get like that ninety yard touchdown run, um, where he trips on the five yard <laughs> line, or you're uh going to get an interception because he tried to chuck the ball down the field and he can't aim. Um, okay, I'm yeah, he's... but I mean, like right. uh, with Saquon, like Saquon is a guy I would want to buy. But I don't want to buy him as an RB one. No, like, to clarify, I would I want to buy him as like a mid, maybe upper tier RB two. Um, so just if you're looking for a price point, I would not spend anything more than that. But you know, to be honest with you, uh, with the the price point deal, Saquon kind of went cheaper this this season. Like obviously mm-hmm. because he had a, a tear, but I bought guys like Joe Mixon, Saquon. You know these guys. In the second when, round, yeah, they went as cheap as Najee Harris. Like, so, like, I was like, JT, I think, was going right around Saquon's level, just probably RB 11, 12, maybe. Saquon was like eight, nine. Like, so if you get two of those guys compared to somebody who gets Dalvin and uh, maybe CEH, I mean, I don't know who's really laughing yeah. at this point. Well, no, Dalvin and CH, or Dalvin and uh, J.K. Dobbins is there, and and DeAndre Swift was another one in that range. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I like that. Take those. That was pretty good. Uh, do we want to talk about some other duds? Maybe like a Brandon Ayuk or anything like that, guys. Yeah, I mean Brandon Ayuk showed up in week one and then fell off a cliff in week two. Uh, did he show up in week one though? Really? I, th- I thought he did. I don't think I thought he had a good game week one. I think week one he was out with a hamstring injury. I might be wrong. Oh, and then week two okay. he had like three targets or something like that. He didn't have much. Yeah, I watched it because it was the Eagles game, and like I you like he looks good. Like don't get me wrong, like he's running well. He's breaking tackles. He's just a big guy that's hard to take down. Um, so far, Ayuk has one catch they, for six they, yards currently. That's it. Yeah. They had him like double team the entire game, one hundred percent. They didn't care about George Kittle at all. Well, speaking of, he um, seems to be like kind of a dud too this year, George Kittle. Yeah, especially when I you think, paid for him. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, eh. Are we worried about that? He is getting... I'm not... Like, is he going to be a top five tight end? Yes. Is he going to be a top two? No. Is he going to beat Kyle Pitts? I think they're about tied. Uh, I Because there are going to be some weeks... Because there are going to be some weeks where George Kittle goes off. Which, and Kyle Pitts, I view as more of like a consistent yardage play. Who do you have higher, Mark uh, Andrews or George Kittle? Right now, by looking at what I've been seeing, is Mark Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I, I have Hawkinson moved up, too. He's definitely for sure the number three tight end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hawkins, Hawkins, yeah he's... Hawkins is my number two right now. He's so yeah. good. I'm so mad that you got there's, him in Dynasty Juniors. <laughs> there's nobody else to get the ball. I mean, I mean, Cephas. Oh, I don't want that. And Amon Ross St. Brown. He did yeah. get, what was, I think he got like six targets. He did decent. Yeah, yeah. He only caught four of them, he did, but he, okay. he got six targets, which is a good, like, that's a pretty good start for him. He's a I rookie. Just, I'm concerned because, like they said in the game, I think it was a stat they said that was like, uh, this is the first time Detroit's thrown to the R running back position ever in history, or even like in NFL history. Like, because Jamal Williams got his fair share. Oh, did he get his fair share? And then he had Swift, who he ate a little bit on week two. And week one, he had a pretty good performance as far as receiving. But he, he, had a really long, he had a long run, or a long reception for like 30 yeah. something yards for a touchdown. That's what saved his outfit. Going forward, I don't know if teams are going to allow that. And so I think Goff needs to get ready for the day where he has to throw it downfield. And he's going to be a little, he has to be a little bit more clever than what he's doing right now. I mean, teams are picking up on this, and chances are he's going to, he's going to start. That game was gross. That game was so gross to watch. Like, I I, I can't believe they put the Packers versus Lions on primetime television. Like, yeah, it's like watch Aaron Rodgers finally have a good game. Right, that, that, that was a bounce back guy. Like Aaron Rodgers pooped his big boy pants that first week. So like, oh, yeah. it was but, bad. It was the, the whole team did. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. Packers team did. And then surprisingly, the Saints the second week looked horrible. Oh yeah, and that's probably what I'm gonna. Oh, I'm, happened, I'm gonna segue into my dud for week two, which was Alvin Kamara. What mm. are they doing? Five rushing attempts or five yards rushing on eight attempts? Are you serious? Like the Saints are just were they game scripted out? I didn't watch. Oh, it was it. nasty. Like they had nothing going for them. They couldn't do anything. James Winston threw three interceptions. Like it was yeah. just bad. Like they couldn't get the ball to their weapons. Oh, sorry, my son's in the background. He's not having a good time. <laughs> Uh, but Alan Kamara was my dud for week two. Um, do we? I'll mention my my stud for week two is Terry McLaurin. Um, I played against Terry McLaurin in four different leagues, and needless to say, his uh, I think we got like ten receptions or eleven receptions for a couple hundred or hundred some yards. Yeah, that was not fun to deal with. Um, why don't you talk about Terry McLaurin a little bit, Mike? Considering you have him in a couple weeks. Yeah, so, I mean, Terry McLaurin, I mean, what is there to say other than he is the number one receiver that has been a good fantasy value with absolutely no quarterback throwing to him? Last year, they had a rotation of three no-namers. Right now, they were going to start with Fitzmagic, and, well, he had a hip sublimation, subluxation, I don't know, bruised his hip. 
Uh, and now they have, I have no idea back there. Uh, Taylor um, Heineke. What did you think about Taylor, Taylor Heineke? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I actually read up a little bit on him, and his performance really impressed me. Um, so, yeah, Terry McLaurin. I'm super glad that I have him. He is a, he's a gross wide receiver one. Like, he's not flashy, but oh, <laughs> he's always going to get you your points. Oh, I mean, it had to feel pretty good. You own him in, like, three leagues, don't you, Mike? Uh, at least yeah. two. I'm not sure about the oh, third. At least two. Well, yeah, that's... I mean, you're, he's your, that's your guy. Like, that's your, your homie there. So, yeah, I mean, he caught, yeah, no, he I, caught, uh, what was it, 11, 11 receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. That's what his big game was. So, I'm, I'm impressed with Terry McLaren. I'm probably going to try and make some trades for him, um, especially with this Heineke guy. I think it seems like Heineke can't really, he, he's hyper focuses one target and just keeps throwing it to that target. So, Having the Terry McLaren, I think that's going to be a winner for most people. Sorry, I'm trying to look through all the other notes that we have. Um, Antonio Gibson was another big dud for me, too. Yes, Owning yeah. him in uh, two leagues, not coming through. I thought he'd be more involved in the passing game. Um, you picked him up as an RB2 um, in most of my leagues. I'd... I went with like a three RB two uh, build with a few wide receivers, but uh, yeah, he was one of my uh, running backs that I hyper focused in most drafts. And for the most part, I don't know if he's going to be able to get me above fifteen points uh, consistently. Um, so far, it's just going to be something just to see over fifteen would be nice, and I think that's where I'm going to be for a while. That team does look like there's there's hope, but. What I'm kind of concerned is about the passing game. If we can't get the passing game going, I don't know if I can go uh, all in on Antonio Gibson. Yeah, because J.D. McKissick is still getting like five catches per game. Yeah, he's also a problem. Yeah, that's that's kind of scaring me too. I'm the I'm the the Antonio Gibson owner in in Dynasty Juniors, and I know that I feel like it's rough up when you you see you know J.D. McKissick catching five passes for like 80 some yards and you're like, that could be Antonio Gibson's like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? Um, yeah, that was, I, I'm, I'm not completely worried yet on his performance. I think he can turn it around, but I am a little bit, you know, weary, leery on him. I am kind of pumping the brakes a little bit. I thought he would be a top 10 finisher and now I'm kind of leaning my, like the top 15 finisher. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Definitely pump the brakes. Um, is there any other guys that you want to talk about for like buy sell? I know we talked about Saquon. Uh, would you guys be maybe trying to buy Zeke or anything like that? Or are you guys completely off the Zeke train? Yeah, I am a hundred percent buying yeah. Zeke from a children manager if I can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like I kind the the kind of trade I'm building for. So like, say you have like a wide receiver that's streaky that's been popping off, like Tyler Lockett. Um, ton of talent. He's put up back to back twenty five point week or twenty five plus point weeks um, in standard PPR scoring. You could probably walk over to the Zeke manager and say, "Hey, um, I can hand you this like you know RB two and a half, RB three, and Tyler Lockett, and then ask for one of his flyers, um, or even like a second round future pick if you're doing like dynasty." Um, so you can package that into a trade next year or something. Because Zeke is still on the field like 
75 percent of the time and they're basically bringing in tony pollard to give zeke a water break and he's getting a lot of water he's breaks. gonna get his point <laughs> and tony pollard is getting a crap ton of, of work more than i thought he would ever get so kind of worried about that yeah the problem with tony pollard is you're looking at like an alvin Kamara and latavius murray situation um Except Zeke is just not putting up points. No. Um, Zeke is on the field and he's pass blocking and running occasionally. And then Tony Pollard's running wheel routes out the side and getting like 20, 30 yard runs. Mm-hmm. Now, another guy that I was like looking into is would you guys try and buy Joe Mixon with his volume? Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and go first? And then Kyle, you go after, okay? Uh, so yeah, I I would buy him, but I would be careful what I'm spending for him because right now it it just doesn't look good the efficiency at least. Um, but it's kind of like the same argument you make for Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris has a ton of volume and his fantasy points are kind of crap, but eventually it's going to come through. He did do very yeah. good in week two, though. He did do very good because he got a touchdown. Yes, take away the touchdown, he got nothing. Very true. Very true. Uh, what about you, Kyle? What do you, what are you thinking on, on Joe Mixon? Would you try and buy Joe Mixon if he was available? Here's what are we talking? Like, I mean, I, he's probably still my top fifteen uh, running backs. He's closer to that uh, RB two or twelve, <laughs> not two, definitely not two, but twelve. Um, it depends on what I, if I could do a package deal. I in most of my leagues, I would definitely consider that. Um, meaning I'd probably trade or another RB two, I guess, on a team with maybe a wide receiver three kind of deal. Not go too heavily in uh, most leagues. You know, I'm playing you know multiple spots, a short bench. So, like hypothetically, if you could trade like a Daryl Henderson plus a Adam Thielen for oh Jim yeah Mason. yeah oh yeah that that would be something that. I would definitely do that. To me, I'm not really sold on Daryl Henderson. Um, it's kind of just this. Really? He's he, he's just a, just this year, and I think like Sony Michelle later will start getting more yards. Um, what were you but, saying, Mike? Now you're you were you you're on the on the side of yeah know? yeah. So like uh, with both of those players, like I guess you have to take your fantasy team into into perspective, right? Right. Uh, so. Whenever I look at fantasy football, I look at it from a dynasty perspective because all my leagues are dynasty leagues in some form. Um, if not the full team, it's just a partial team with five players. Uh, but no, does it change? If you're in a position to make a push, like Adam Thielen, yeah, he's not getting hundred yard games, but he's getting touchdowns because he is the touchdown piggy over in Minnesota. Um, Daryl Henderson. I mean, I'm sorry, but the guy they brought in behind him, New England didn't make him the guy. They they got use out of him, and they liked him, but they also liked him enough to trade him away for a draft pick. Yeah, but would that... So, I mean, if you're going to... If you're pushing and you have guaranteed volume at both of those positions where Adam Thielen's a 17-point play and Daryl Henderson's a 15-point play, those are solid, you know, 
RB two and a half flex and wide receiver threes. Yeah, I would that have way more upside than most other players in those. Slots. Adam Thielen in most of my leagues, I'd consider him as a wide receiver three uh, on the border of two. But the thing with Adam Thielen is he always starts off kind of so he always is hot for a little bit and then he'll drop off the end of the earth and you'll not see him. Him getting two touchdowns is, I wouldn't put that. I mean, if you're putting all your eggs on getting touchdowns, it, I don't know how much of a, how many games you're going to be winning. Some people yeah, say that it's like the same argument as Gronkowski, isn't it? Gronkowski like, also Gronkowski is getting 40 yards. Up he's getting like nine targets, like though. three touchdowns. And, yeah. but Gronk is also a tight end, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me look how many targets I have. I'm pretty sure he got eight mm-hmm. last week. His targets are actually fairly good. Yeah, like they were better than I was expecting. I mean, th- yeah, he's got like three touchdowns already on the season, though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a sustainable pace. Like there are gonna be some weeks where he does fall, but I mean, it's it's not a bad wide receiver pl- three play. No. And if if you look at Joe Mixon, like. I like him as a security blanket, but if I'm giving up a 15-pointer and a 17-pointer for what could be an 18, maybe 22-pointer, that math just doesn't make sense to me. But what if that's what your team requires, though? Like, for example, look at uh, my Supreme Beards uh, League. Like, you know, for me to get another spot in the running back position is totally worth it. I've got an arsenal of wide receivers. I mean... My one being Adams, two being Allen, three being Hopkins, or in other, you know, different order. Well, that's and, not super flexible. Yeah, but in yeah. in Cup being my fourth wide receiver, I mean, like sometimes it's it's fine if you give up a wide receiver for a guaranteed twenty two points because at the end of the day, when you get it down to the playoffs or that last week or the week that really matters. You're going to want to put all your eggs on that player that will most likely get you a 15 or almost always will get 15. But some weeks get you 20, noting, you know. Uh, scoring format in this league is 1.5 points per rushing yard. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a little bit better of a buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely um, got to check formats. Definitely got to check the, the scoring yeah. formats for whatever league you were in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the only reason I'm asking that question is because that's the trade offer that I offered in another league. I offered up Adam Thielen off of his big performance week plus Henderson to try and get Joe Mixon. Um, so that that trade, let's say to like maybe Wade and Supreme Beards would 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 grab, you know, somebody who might need more more players. That would that would be who I'd consider. Like if you're looking at a at a team that needs some higher, you know, some players to cycle through. That yeah. would be the trade that somebody would trade CEH for. Well, this guy right now that I'm trading with is uh, Mixon is his third running back. So, like, that's why I'm I'm trying to trade for Mixon because he doesn't have any wide receiver depth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just I don't know. I, oh. I threw it out there. I was seeing. I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were before I actually. It, yeah. Well, it's tough because I love feeling yeah. too. Don't get me wrong, but but you're the Vikings fan. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just. I think we should, like we don't have this in the notes, but I just wanted to talk about it. We should talk about our our teams and what we think of our our real life teams. Like, what is everybody feeling? Um, Mike is an Eagles fan. I'm a Broncos fan, and Kyle's a Vikings fan. Um, 
I think we should just you know mention a little bit about our teams and how our things are going. Uh, why don't you start it off, Kyle? How do you feel about your Vikings right now? <laughs> Not very good. Thanks, Barrett. Right off, we're going to start like that. Okay. Um, you know, I, from what I've gathered with the Vikings, we've never had a kicker. And I've come to accept that. Um, but, uh, you know, week one, we were destroyed by penalties. And I'm hoping that going forward. And we did. We did correct the majority of those. Um, Vikings, Kirk Cousins, you can't blame the guy. I mean, he's still throwing up the numbers. Uh, we're not scoring like we want to. He just doesn't know how to play the game, I guess some would say. But uh, I, I think the Vikings do have, uh, you know, um, a great opportunity ahead of them, knowing that majority of their division kind of is on the fritz. Uh, I think that the Vikings, if they clean it up, could make a playoff run. I guess that might be a bold statement. Um, but they have to get it figured out. That defense, there is a spark. And, of course, you got Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and um, Justin Jefferson. That's uh, quite a bit. So, well, in the games you lost, it wasn't by a, a large margin, though, both times. Yeah. So, I mean, they're good, close, close games. So, that's tough. I mean, that's the only thing, if I could say one thing, is your team, yeah, the penalties need to be fixed, and then your kicker needs to be fixed. Other than that, your team is fine. We've been doing the fixing on the kicker for, like, years, it feels yeah. like. <laughs> like 10 years now, probably, it seems like. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, let's talk about your Eagles. What are you feeling like about your Eagles? Um, I think they are your typical young blood team. Um, they come out strong week one. Um, a lot of people didn't expect a lot of them. Honestly, I didn't expect a lot of them just because everything's new there. Um, all their wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure all their wide receivers have been in the league for five years or less where the oldest one is J.J. Ortega Whiteside, which, yeah, right. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, uh, you know, week one, they come out strong. They show up the Falcons. Again, not saying much, uh, but they did what they had to do. They did it well. Um, The team looked good, and then you go into week two, and it's just a defensive like smash mouth slugfest for the first half of the game where Eagles lead three to zero going into half feeling pretty happy. Like, okay, gross win is a win. And then the defense got tired and I swear our offense could not do anything inside the five or 10 yard line. Like they got down there like two or three times and one field goal and two failed attempts or something. Was it a failed um, separation, would you say, that led to the lack of touchdown presence? I think it was lack of confidence. Everybody's um, so young. They're just, they don't uh, know what to do. Yeah. Well, and, like, the the wide receivers, like, Devontae and Rager, they were both double covered. I saw Rager walked out of bounds, that one. That one yeah, bomber. And, 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 to clarify, when he walked out, his left heel touched out of bounds. <laughs> and then they... He's yeah. showing up, though. It would have been like a 90-yard pass, and he was shoved into the sideline by the cornerback. I was like, okay, whatever, second-year player. But Rager is doing great, he though. He's, that, he's but... showing great, great leaps and bounds, though, yeah. into the second season. Yeah. yeah. I had a feeling Rager would do well when he actually had more time to gel with the quarterback and it helps that 
if you look at the play style of the wide receivers on that team, Devontae Smith is much more of your possession, out route, uh, technical receiver. Um, and Rager is kind of turning into like that bubble screen speedster um, go route runner, uh, which if you're in best ball, super cheap best ball yes. play. Yeah, I got I got a lot of Rager in like the 15th round or 16th round in best ball drafts. Um, so yeah, not I don't see anything super great happening like in the next couple of weeks, but I uh, get some of the weaker matchups like Dallas Giants. Honestly, the whole NFC East. Um, <laughs> I like Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry. Dude. I love Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I'm impressed. I thought I was Jalen Hurts, man. That guy is like as close to his uh, fantasy safe quarterback as you can get. The dude runs for like 80 yards a game. That's why I love him. And he doesn't turn the ball over. <laughs> and I, like, I think you guys found a quarterback of the future. I really do. I think he could be your quarterback for the next couple of years. Yeah, I think I think they'll roll with him for a little bit. I think it's kind of going to turn into like a Derek Carr situation where we have him, but if Howie Roseman decides that he can get something better, he'll probably do it because that's just Howie Roseman. Mm, I hope not. I really hope. I don't like Howie. I really don't. <laughs> I there, He has some brilliant things when he put together that all-star team that got the Super Bowl. And then he has some years where you just want to go kick him in the nuts. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So each, overall, I think your team is pretty good, though. I think what you need to f- fix is I think you need some veteran help around your offense, though. I need. I think your 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 offense is very very young, and it, it's hard for them to execute some things. Oh so, man, I think. Yeah, I think they'll keep it though. Good, though. They they like the young blood and their chips. Yes. The defense is expensive right now. And didn't you guys just lose a player, Brandon Graham, I believe? Yeah, he got re-injured. Um, I want to say it was groin, but I could be wrong. We also lost Brandon Graham. Um, or we lost Graham and I think Brooks. Yeah, Graham tore his ACL. Or not his ACL, his uh, Achilles. That sucks. He's a really good player. Um, Brooks, I think he injured himself, but it wasn't too bad. Like maybe like a four or five week thing. Well, hopefully you guys can get back to it, and maybe maybe make it a shot at winning your division. I mean, it's very possible you still could. Um, for me, I'm a Denver Broncos fan, and we played against the Jaguars week two, and we played against who did we play week one? Oh, yeah, the Giants, and. Yeah, we looked really good. Teddy Bridgewater looks very, very good, but we also played against very, very bad defenses. Um, I'm excited to see how we actually perform when we play against like the Ravens or the Steelers or some other team that can actually keep up with us. Um, I love how how active we are at throwing. Like we're passing the ball a lot more than I thought we were, and our defense is doing pretty good, except for we keep getting injured, which that kind of sucks. But other than that, though, we're two and zero, and I love to. I love that we're we're doing as good as we are this year. All right, the revival of Cortland. Sutton. Yes, dude, Cortland Sutton. It was a beast last night and he or no, last week, and I had him on my bench, so that that kind of sucked. Uh, yeah, against yeah. you, it was it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Also, 
I played Amari and I had rugs on my bench, so I feel uh, you. So, yeah, Brugs actually came out and popped off. I was I was surprised to see him actually do something. So good for Henry Ruggs. Um, let's go and let's do some Super Bowl predictions. Um, let's give two teams of who are who we're gonna think is gonna be inside the Super Bowl and then who is gonna win. Um, let's give it a shot, Kyle. Who do you think is gonna be in the Super Bowl and who do you think is gonna win? Oh, I'm still going with the Cardinals. Cardinals. That's, that's my bold prediction. I'm I'm really like watching the Cardinals lately. Uh, I think that they're just a defense away. Okay, so they're going to make it. Okay, so the Cardinals are your Super Bowl winners. Who are they going to play against? Ooh. Man, I don't know. They got to choose an AFC team, so like a Bills or the Chiefs. I think it's going to be the Chiefs, but the Chiefs, I, I've noticed that they're not performing like I thought they would. I mean, they're doing great, but, you know, I still think they're missing that explosiveness. Um, I think it'll come late game, so I still see them. They're definitely in the playoffs, probably will be in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, the the Bills are not a threat, I don't think. They're still kind of <laughs> showing, kind of struggling a little bit here and there. Well, I like your bold take of the Cardinals, man. Like that's cool. You've been you've been riding on that train for a little while, so I I like to see if they go to the Super Bowl. I'm cool with it. All right, Mike, who do you think is your your Super Bowl prediction, guys? Uh, I think it's really the Bucks and the Titans to show up there, just full blown star power. Um, Interesting choice. That being said, you know the Titans. AJ Brown, um, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, um, all they need to do is for their defense to actually show up to a game. <laughs> That's all they need. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> the maybe if you have it, it's the Bucks going against them. Like the Bucks. <sighs> yeah, and like. I, I think Tom Brady is shooting for ring number 10 in the next three years. I mean, the dude, the dude's playing out of his mind in his mid forties. He's got the best wide receiving cast that he's ever had in his life. <laughs> um, he's got a defense. That's a top five defense that can stop pretty much anyone's rushing attack. Right. And the passing defense is pretty good. So, I mean, like all Tom Brady has to do is throw it to his favorite buddies and walk away with a ring. Like, I can see that. I, and I I agree with you. I think the Bucks, if they actually do make it to the Super Bowl, they probably most likely would win. Yeah, that and like playoffs are all about who's more clutch. It's really hard to think of anyone who's more clutch than Tom right. Brady. Like you give that guy the ball in like the last five minutes of the game, he's gonna squeeze the life out of it. Well, I I like that, I, and I'm, you're probably right. We probably will see the Bucks, and it, it would be cool to see the Titans go. Um. My Super Bowl prediction is a little kind of out there, but I chose the Cleveland Browns versus the Rams. Um, I think the Browns are looking to be a pretty good team. They almost beat the Chiefs the first week. And, I mean, if they if Baker comes back healthy and they get a full healthy Jarvis Landry and OBJ back with that rushing attempt, yeah, they're, they're going to be a great team. Their defense is still a top-seven defense. And they got they, they got poise. I think they could take over the AFC. As for the 
the NFC, I have the Rams winning. I'm so impressed by the Rams. Uh, Matt Stafford turns that team into a perennial Super Bowl team every single year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like they're they're firing all all, send, all cylinders, and it's sad to say if Cam Akers didn't go down, man, that team would have been in the Super Bowl and winning it multiple years too. Cam yeah. Akers, oh, with that rushing attack, oh yeah, oh yeah. Do um, you think they eventually bring in a like a wide receiver three? I'm not really sold on Jefferson. I really am not. I don't um, think they really need to though. Like with yeah, they don't. Woods and Cooper Cup, and then they have a whole bunch of pieces to help out. Higby like, is their tight end. Higby Just... is a freak, dude. I, I I'm all in on Higby. I have Higby in like four leagues. Like I, I'm that's my piece to the the Rams offense. So yeah, yeah, he's probably. I don't know. I mean, you know, you could probably stream him most weeks and get away with it. I mean, he Definitely. got he only got one point last week, but that's but, okay. Yeah, tight ends, you know, it's either you pay for them or you get nothing. Right. Just, yeah. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll still ride it out though and see what happens. Um, yeah. but that was that was my my Super Bowl prediction. Uh, do we have a a bold prediction for you, Mike? What do you think for what's your bold prediction for twenty twenty one? Yeah, so my bold prediction is that the top three wide receivers that were drafted in the NFL draft will be in the top 20 um, by the end of the year. Those three being Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith. Um, all three of them, especially Devonta Smith and uh, Jamar, Chase. Jamar Chase, are, I think, top 20 is guaranteed just by pure volume and opportunity. Yeah. Um, Jalen Waddle, I'm a little worried about with the recent injury to uh, uh, Tua, but I think he'll be okay. Generally, talent prevails, bad situations. Um, We'll just have to see if that translates to fantasy points. I mean, all he needs to do is take like a slant and he can take it to the house. So, I mean, he's so fast. He's so agile. He can do whatever. I I agree with you. That's interesting, though. Top 20 for all three of them. That's a really bold take. I like it, though. I like it. I can see Devonta Smith, and I can definitely see Jamar Chase in that. But th- th- with you, I agree that uh, Jalen Waddle is going to be kind of hard. I think currently I still have Jalen Waddle in like the top 35. So we'll see. I like it, though. That was a good bold take. I like that a lot. Um, my bold take is that uh, the, the Bengals are going to fire Zach Taylor and then – uh, Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator for the, for the uh, Carolina Panthers. They hire him to come on and be the head coach of uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, which he was the offensive coordinator at LSU with them when they won the championship. So I think that he comes back and he joins them at the end of the year. And be, he's the head coach next year. Joe Brady is the head coach of the Bengals in 2022. That's my bold take of the year. That's interesting. Um, I do like that. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's going to happen, dude. Zach Taylor is pretty close to getting fired, and Joe Brady is just a, a, you know, a call away. Like, hey, man, you want to come over and be part of the Bengals team? We got, you know, three of your players that you won a championship with. And, you know, that that's that's interesting because now you're starting to see that with many teams. There's always some sort of linkage. Like even we talked about Tom Brady and Gronk and then Antonio Brown and like Brady's bringing the whole crew, you know, down there to Tampa. You're seeing that with, um, you know, Arizona, 
with Kyler Murray. Like it's just some of these. Uh, I mean, what was the one with Carolina too? I thought they had somebody. I heard Josh Gordon might be going there. So. Oh, I could believe that. Where to Carolina? Carolina, yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, there's there's wide receivers on that team. I actually like Carolina quite a bit. Yeah, like, still, and they drafted Terrace Marshall as well. So, I mean, that team is powerful now. I, I, I really get, like that. Sam Darnold, I think, is just getting warmed up. I I kind of actually have Sam Darnold as kind of an easy stream for majority of the year in uh, fantasy. I mean, obviously, if you have Kyler Murray or a top 10 running back, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say do that, but... If you need to use uh, Sam Darnold, definitely consider it. And Superflex. Superflex, yeah. you could you could Superflex Sam Darnold and be okay with it. Um, hey, uh, some weeks I wouldn't even consider it. <laughs> yeah. Over Justin, so. Well, and, like, can we just talk about the Jets for a second, though? How atrocious this Jets offense looks. Oh. Like, I yeah. think it's not the personnel thing. I think it's just a Jets problem. They've always been yeah. poopy. <laughs> All right, Zach, Zach Wilson does not look good. Mm-mm. I think the defense does not look good. I don't know. I think it's. I think the Jets need to rebuild from the general like general manager, but the owner down. Um, same okay. with another like another team that I think is horrible is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like Trevor Lawrence is not looking good at all. And what do you think is his problem? Who Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Uh, I don't not him per se, but I think it's Urban Mar- Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, I think, is a horrible coach, and I don't think his head is in the game. And I think he'd much rather be the coach at USC and not the you know Jacksonville Jaguars. Dang. Yeah, uh, it's just well, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think they're bad. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I was kind of hoping. Yeah, you're kind of hoping what? Oh, I was just saying. I was kind of hoping that Shark would make his big. Uh... His big return, but I, I still believe that he'll make a big return. I just I don't think that the Jaguars team in general is just poop mm. and not looking good. Mike, do you have anything to comment about the, either the Jets or the Jags? I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> good job, Mike. Just stay clear. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'll buy into the running back situation and Jacksonville just because it's volume, but. I'm not going to feel good about it. Yeah, I don't. I have I have <laughs> jo- uh, James Robinson, and I don't feel good about it. I just tell you that. Yeah. I'm kind of glad like, I hopped yay, off. Yay, I have a top 12 running back that's on a poopy team that's going to be game scripted out by halftime. Uh, he's been, he, right now he's been in the bottom 30 every single year or every single week. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's depressing. It really yeah. is. I, I think it will get better, but that being said, I don't want anything to do fantasy-wise except maybe to take flyers on like some of the rookie wide receivers in the hope that they'll be better next year. Probably like Ro- like Rondell, or not Rondell Moore, but uh, Elijah Moore for the Jets. Yeah, I've got Elijah Moore in a league, and like I'm holding on to him just as a flyer. Like I should probably drop you if I was like actually competing, but. You might be good, so yeah, he's really good. Take a shot on you. I think he's very, very yeah. talented. But uh, yeah, but the problem is, is, is that talent can get the opportunity. That that's the catch. Yeah. When Jameson Crowder leaves next year, I think that's with the time to own him. No, James uh, Jameson Crowder is out, isn't he? With COVID. 
He was last week. Uh, he's, he... back now. he's back now. So, and he's a rookie in a not good offense. It's just a bad situation. Like I'm not going to play him, but if you're in a dynasty league and you do rookie drafts and that kind of stuff, he's an interesting stash. Um, that being said, it's definitely a long term play. It's not a this year play. Like don't even pretend it's a this year play. Does having a, a dynasty mindset affect how you rank some of these players or how you look at some of these players? It affects me in how I'm building my team. Uh, like, say, for example, uh, in the first year of our Dynasty Junior League, um, I had an awesome auction uh, auction draft. Um, so if I can, like, you know, sell off one or two of my flyers packaged with, like, a wide receiver three or an RB three, uh, to package into uh, like a, a higher tier player, I am definitely going to do that to push for the win. Um, but like, if you take a look at my um, Supreme Beards League, um, I've got a good team, but I'm not like you know a, a top four where I'm competing for the title. So I'd be looking to probably sell off one of my pieces, like Amari Cooper or something, where. He's hitting pretty good right now. Um, I think this last week is a bit of a blip and he'll come back from it. But yeah, it kind of depends. Like, I'm willing to take more flyers in Dynasty Leagues. If I was just doing like, you know, a redraft league, like I look at a flyer, I'm like, I would take Elijah Mitchell. That would be like the only rookie I'd really want as a flyer on my team. All right. Okay. I see what you're coming with. What about you, Kyle? What's your, how does your, like being in a dynasty or viewing these players in a dynasty aspect, how does that change your overall rankings for them? Um, you definitely not playing for the absolutely now, obviously, but as far as uh time frames, I actually only kind of draft out two to three years in advance. Three being at the absolute most. You don't know what's gonna happen. Week year three, your main running back might go down with a A torn ACL. It might happen. Happens in every position. So, I looking at the team, what the team needs, and what the direction that team is going to make. And you know, that's kind of some of the risk you you just kind of mentioned with the Jags. You know, it's hard to get on boat with the Jags because you really don't know the the identity of that team. Uh, I think we were all going into the Jags hoping that they could establish the passing game, but Trevor Lawrence I, is not doing it. Um, and so that's kind of leaving uh, the run game pretty vulnerable to uh, unfavorable uh, defensive schemes. So, it, you know, it's it's one of those deals. So generally, if I'm going to go deep, I try to pick certain teams uh, that I know they're going to be offensive powerhouses. So like in Supreme, you saw me go for Adams. I have Hopkins and I have uh, Keenan Allen. I've kind of planned that out by their years, their experience, and then on the teams that they are. I mean, I kind of got lucky with wide receivers because they last generally longer, but running backs is a thickle bitch. I tell you what, it's it's tough to pick running backs in a, in a league uh, and count on them to be uh, established for more than three years like that is Zeke. I mean, that's, that's falling apart pretty quick. I mean, I don't think you got honest money on Eckler still. Um, 
Christian McCaffrey's still put, uh, producing, but for how long? I mean, he, the guy had to gain weight to to establish himself. I feel like. I think he's still doing pretty darn good, man. He was RB one week one, and I think he was RB one last week too, or RB three or something like that last week. So. Oh uh, yeah, but to be fair, it like, wasn't Henry and Jones popped yeah. off this yeah. last week. Like they... multiple touchdowns per game. Like that's. Henry will always be part of that scheme, and so that's pretty favorable. Like if you buy Henry year two or whatever, that's that's fine. But now he's almost too expensive to touch to honestly get real returns on you know on the value make even. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. So the only way I see buying Henry making sense is if you're trading like a middle RB one. And you're trading off draft picks and like a wide receiver tour, or, or you just got a you're fat looking... bench. <laughs> yeah, if you have a fat bench and you have some like you know uh, draft picks to trade, go and get him. Especially if you are a competing team, which you are, if you have a fat bench. If you can stack up like you know Henry with like a, a Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, and then you have like a solid wide receiving core. And assuming you're in super flex, you got a couple of okay quarterbacks, you can make a push with that team. All right. I mean, you were you were a person that was strongly against you know Derrick Henry at the <laughs> the start of the season. So like let me phrase that. Like you want him if you're going for a win. Like if you're going for the championship, you're trying to end off the yeah, if if you're going for the championship, you want you want the guy that's going to break the right. bank, and that's Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry. I, I, that I'm being said, too. you're going to bankrupt yourself if you're going to trade for him right. this year. Right. Like you'd, you better win so that. You, you have to be ready for it. Yeah, you better win that league. But anyways, I think that uh, we we kind of we got covered all the bases, and I think it's we're going to run a little bit late, so uh, I think we're going to hand it off here. Um, you want, Mike, you want to let the people know where to reach you at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore RZFF. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can get this Discord thing up soon and get you guys more involved. Awesome. And then uh, as for me, my name is Barrett, and you can find me underneath uh, on my Twitter handle at Barrett underscore RZFF. And then Kyle, are you going to just sign up for Twitter? or? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I eventually okay. will. I eventually will. I'm not very techy. <laughs> Sounds good. Don't worry. No, we're good. But uh, if you guys want to talk to us, send us messages, ask us questions, or if you want to debate us on some things, like if you don't agree with what we're saying, feel free to message us and we'll, we'll spark up a debate. But after that, well, thank you guys. I think that was a very good podcast. And thank you guys for showing up. You have a good rest of the night.